Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 168, episode 4 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, oh, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast <laughs> where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Friday, January 22nd, 2021. Uh, let's go back to uh, just updating on where we're at with COVID. Uh, there were zero COVID deaths in New Zealand yesterday, uh, and I believe zero since... Uh, September. Uh, there is zero in Australia. Uh, and as a seven day rolling average, zero uh, as of when we record this. Uh, and in the US, there were a record 4,367 on January 20th, which is the latest day we have records. A uh, rolling average of over 3,000, more than a 9 11 every day for a week. Uh, so, yeah, that's where we're at uh, heading into this new administration. Uh, and my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. You know that people, I'm a dad. People, I'm a dad. I rock a fanny pack all day. Fanny pack all day. I call kids I don't know sport. How's it going, sport? Three straight days of the same shorts. Dad, please change your shorts. Uh, that is courtesy <laughs> of uh, Christina Keen's uh, People Have Been Sad, and I'm thrilled oh, to be joined, as always, yeah. by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! See, it's Miles Gray, and you know what? It's Libertad y Yerba para todos. Let's smoke loud. <laughs> oh, Woo! my God. That was every Yamaguchi main. Uh, DJ Daniel. There's, this, I took little bits from everyone. Jennifer Lopez herself. Um, the great. You know, next to the Bernie Sanders, you know, Aaron, uh, arms folded mitten meme. I feel like this is... Mm. For, for me, is J-Lo, Let's Get Loud. That's all yeah, the yeah. inauguration was. <laughs> uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented, Allison Rosen! Let it go, let it go. Ooh. Don't need my makeup anymore. <laughs> let it go, let it go. Leave that bra in the drawer. <laughs> Work from home and look like shit. <laughs> that Zoom filter. Enhance my appearance every day. Wow. <laughs> Enhance. So enhance, good to be enhance, back. Enhance, enhance, so back. good to have you back. The enhancing is not really working like I hoped because I'm staring at myself and not liking what I see. You look fantastic, Elsa. Yeah, thank I'm you. loving it. Stop it. Okay, I just thanks. found out uh, I've been I've had uh, Zoom meetings with this dude who had been. He was like, "Yeah, and these eyebrows, I might as well get them uh, tattooed on. They look so good on me." Found out he's been putting on fake eyebrows for like as a zoom filter for wow. uh, the entire time <laughs> I've, I've known him. What do they uh, look like? Wait, I, I'm they've sorry. always been like a little bit strong, you know, but like, <laughs> but good enough that like he was pulling it off. Uh, uh, and then he took them off and it was like a whole different person. Uh, and I, I will not reveal who that person is or how Ooh. I know them. But, okay. But, okay. Uh, that, and that's fine. Because at first I was like, are, I thought you were describing like the Stan Sitwell character on Arrested Development, Ed Bigley, who had alopecia, <laughs> right. and he had right. like fake eyebrows on. 
And I was like, oh, don't come at the dude like that. But no. you're saying digitally enhanced, enhanced. eyebrows for enhanced, the purposes enhanced, enhanced. Yes. of glowing up on a Zoom call? Yeah. I got to see these eyebrows. I'm sorry. Yeah, I need to know. I, they're subtle. They're pretty subtle. Like, you know, you've seen the ones where like there's like the green or the blonde like uh, goatee or whatever. This dude had the uh, the very strong, like just it looked like he had a strong brow. And wow. He does not. He has a light brow. Is that a um, new like catfishing thing we're gonna deal with? Like yeah. people are doing like Zoom dating or stuff. Right. And like I just I was using filters on the Zoom calls and yeah, I, there's I something disappointed by my thinner brows. Different about you because <laughs> brows are subtle. Like brows are a thing where when you first see the person in, in person, you would be like, "There's something different about you," and it would take you a little while mm. to to yeah. figure out what it is. You'd be like, did you cut your hair or lose right. or gain weight? <laughs> right. You wouldn't immediately think brows. I yeah. put the eyebrows on too low again. <laughs> there they go. There we go. How did you guys, uh, we're, we're a couple days past the inaug, uh, but how, did you guys like keep watching TV? I didn't realize that was a thing we were doing, but everybody, uh, I, I've spoken to a lot of people who are like, yeah, just watched it, had it, had it in the background all day. I guess there were festivities rolling through the day. My three-year-old is in charge of the house programming, and yeah. I just catch screens uh, that don't include his programming when I can. Yep. So I unfortunately felt a little removed from it because he was watching Paco Yo. Do you guys know this show? Don't it's, know it. It's on YouTube. Um, I'm sure it's also on something else. So I caught up with it later in the day, but when people were tweeting about the concert, I was like, wait, what? There's, there's yeah. a concert right now. Yeah, I had I had one of my friends just text me a thing like a reference to a Bill Withers song, and I was like, "Huh?" And they're like, "Are you watching?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh no, I was using the I couldn't more than anything." I think, like I said on the yesterday show, seeing that the football was no longer like the nuclear codes That's were no I longer needed. a thing. I was like, "Okay," Ooh. like I had so much. Um, emotional, mental bandwidth available suddenly. Yeah. Which was weird that I didn't watch anything because I was mostly sort of dumbstruck by how at ease I was for the moment. And right. like, it, like it, and it wasn't being reinforced by watching like the inauguration and like seeing all the, you know, pomp and circumstance of it all. But I was just more like, damn, like, I think I can like read this comic for a little bit. And it'd be like not have my thoughts spiral into some other shit because of whatever the administration is. So, yeah, yeah experience like it in a different way. Collective exhale. Um, did you guys Absolutely. see Amanda Gorman's poem? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, what yeah. That, I saw that was the, the peak for me. Yeah, I saw that whole part. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was it okay just... again. I don't know if you saw when J Lo said, <laughs> Let's get loud. <laughs> and as much as I love the youngest poet laureate. Whatever. It's no J hijacking <laughs> the song. Yeah, she yeah. was she was amazing. Uh speaking of, can I steal a minute of the show just to talk parent uh child programming? Uh Allison, does your child watch Blippy at all? Oh yeah. We had a big Blippy phase and then he came out of it and then just like three days ago he asked to watch Blippy again. So we're headed to Blippyville. Did again. you know about the scandal? Yes, uh, I did, and I, I just found out about this. I I love it. Tell them because Wait. this is too good to be true. 
So what? Blippi is a dude what? who just okay. It's like it's the way that entertainment. Yeah, it's the way entertainment works in like the digital age where he was just like a cool uncle who was making videos for his nephews to entertain them and became like a viral sensation. And so now he has like a whole children's entertainment media YouTube empire. And then it comes out uh, that in the early teens, 2013 video, uh, there's a video of him taking a shit on his friend's ass. <laughs> right. So his name is Steve. His real name is Stephen Johns, and he was a gross-out comedian. What was his? He had a stage name. It was. It was I don't know. Do you remember it something no. gross? Yeah. It was Ploppy. <laughs> yeah, it was Ploppy before. Oh man. Uh, oh my God. But, so. <laughs> What do you mean? Oh, Turd Boy up. and Underwear Man, I think, uh, <laughs> were were his nicknames. Yeah. Or at yeah. least the, those were the videos that uh, got him. Uh, Stephen J. Grossman. That's what it was. Uh, he okay. called himself Stephen J. Grossman. Oh, my God. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Stephen John is his He was born as Stephen Grossman. I feel like there's even a, a third or fourth name that he went by. Um, no, uh, here it is. Sorry. Steezy Grossman. Steezy, Grossman. Yeah, you know it that's is... a real nickname that he had in high school. Steezy Grossman. Oh fuck! It's dude. amazing that it didn't even put a dent in his success as a children's entertainer. Well, I yeah. I think the two things were not like nobody knew about them uh, that they were the same person for a little while, and then it's just coming out. But yeah, I I guess it came out in 2019, and you're right; it hasn't really <laughs> made a dent. He's still, uh, he's still that dude. The, uh, but the video wasn't like okay. I know you said he took a dump on his friend's ass, dude. He was doing a parody Harlem Shake video. Yeah, it was yeah, it really kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, to to. <laughs> <laughs> to, quote, to quote BuzzFeed News, uh, in a hard R-rated twist, in a 2013 video that BuzzFeed News has reviewed, uh, Stephen Blippy John takes an explosive diarrhea shit on his <laughs> nude friend's ass in a truly shocking rendition of the Harlem Shake meme. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do love uh, BuzzFeed News' uh, <laughs> like ability to kind of code switch between uh, BuzzFeed News has learned and yeah, reviewed and footage speak. and then being like diarrhea shit, shit. on a new friend's <laughs> ass. Um, it's interesting that that's hard R. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's, if, that, if I suddenly saw that, I would feel like I, I need more warning. And just yeah. an R rating. Yeah, I don't think that's a hard R. I, th- I think that is poor writing on on whoever wrote that BuzzFeed News that article. Uh, Katie yeah, that's a- Natopoulos. <laughs> oh, she's great. So we'd love yeah, to know it's more, just, Katie. It's her, a little bit. It's a little bit beat, harder than a hard R. Yeah, is her beat diarrhea shits? Yeah. <laughs> no, she's actually very. Uh, I'd hate very to see what writer. she thinks is like a like NC seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just people being or like what she thinks is G rated, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, well, shout know, out to At least he's Blip. not racist. Yeah, I know, right? Like, yeah. this is not the... And he was able to just come out and be like, yeah, I did some gross out stuff. Uh, sue yeah, me. Like it was, I mean, look, I get that. I've, uh, you know, people doing trying comedy on the internet. You to make some... You, you experiment yeah. with some dumb shit, and then you're like, okay, that's not it. But, like, I, I'm t- for you as parents, when you see a thing, you're like, oh, my kid likes this entertainer. 
where do you put sh- bad Harlem Shake shitting video in terms of like you can't watch this? Like how low is that? You know, what I mean, like, like racism, him as a person, or like violent him? abuse. You know, like of just transgressions that r- are revealed about someone. You're like, oh, actually, this this actually negates all the work they've done. I I have two boys. They have probably described what what happens in that video before, <laughs> just because poop jokes are like the funniest thing in the world to them, and just like saying poop on somebody who's pooping would probably be uh, a thing that they would describe. So. There's definitely like when I first saw Blippy, I was like, this is weird because he's like a middle aged dude who's dressed like a I don't know. It, he's it, like the like cousin of the guy who's like, do you want government cash for anything? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like with the question mark suit. He looks like that dude's nephew. Yes. Yes, he does. That's exactly right. Uh, all right. We, we've completely derailed this show. <laughs> this is absolutely not what people tune in uh, to hear about. But when you said Blippy, I was like, I know Bluey. And then I was like, damn, there's Blippy, there's Bluey, there's yeah. everything. Ugh. They got you, what was the covered. one you said, Allison? Como Yo? Paco Yo. Paco Yo. Paco Yo. Damn. It's all out there. It I is. Just, yeah. Just anyway. random syllables. Let's finally, uh, let's pivot off of children's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shaping the minds of the future. For real. Um, all right. Uh, Allison, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. <laughs> First, we're going to tell our listeners couple of things we're talking about uh we're talking about blues clues today no uh we're talking about uh how much how much uh work there is to do so much reversing to do and what biden got done in his first day uh we're going to talk about some technological help coming for medical workers uh that seems promising it seems like it could could uh i don't know be expanded I just want to do a quick review of Republican presidents, just how how they've been doing. We will look at some Trump regret uh, being expressed on uh, various uh, forums for for I and then just the wildest rumor to come out yesterday. This is not what I was expecting to be the wildest rumor, but uh, about Jane Krakowski and the MyPillow guy. Um, All of that. (laughs) Plenty more. Uh, there may even be an opportunity for me to uh, talk about the British coal gas study. Uh, the new ones, you know that's, you know that's a special day when I get to do that. Oh yeah. Uh, but first, Allison, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? So, my uh, I recently searched is "Tell Me Who I Am" a true story because do you know the documentary "Tell Me Who I Am"? I think it's pretty recent. And on Childish, my um, parenting-ish podcast, uh, my co-host Greg Fitzsimmons mentioned having seen it and he didn't want to tell me any details, but it was like so amazing. And he's like, just go watch it. And then in uh, in an Instagram comment, a listener was like, I've been listening to Allison for years and I think she, I know her sensibility and I think she 100% shouldn't watch it. It's like the worst possible thing happens to kids. It, it would it was too much for me. It would be too much for her. Don't watch it. So I thought, okay, I won't. I'll just go Google the plot summary, which is I am, I'm, I cannot handle horror. I can't handle things that are super disturbing. Like I have a dark brain that goes to those places anyway. I don't need outside help. So what I do is I won't watch anything awful. I just read this. Like I couldn't even, I could not get past two episodes of Handmaid's Tale, but I know the entire synopsis because I go torture myself by reading about it on Wikipedia. So I went to Wikipedia. I, I now know what Tell Me Who I Am is about. 
And I don't know whether I should say or not. I don't really think it's a spoiler because everything I encountered that gave a description about it says it. But it just I, I, I won't. But I read it and I was like, this is so awful. This and I, I always like there's a part of me that's very naive. Like It's so awful. This can't be a true story. This just can't. So I was hoping to find something that says that it's a work of fiction or like it's a someone made it up. It's a hoax. Da, da, da. But all I kept seeing was that it is a true story. And that is my Google search history. Yeah, that is dark. I'm I'm looking at it right now. And it seems the like this is dark... like some someone's in an accident, loses their memory, and then they're relying on their twin sibling to like yeah. help fill in the gaps. So there's these the this set of twins and one of them gets into a motorcycle accident and is in a coma and comes out of it and doesn't remember anything except like very uh I don't maybe like a few very recent memories. Doesn't remember anything and is and so his twin brother is filling him in on everything, you know, their childhood and everything that happened up till now and paints a pretty rosy picture of it. But then it turns out, should I, should I say it? I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. I just know broadly, I think that there's a dark family secret. It turns out that there was a very dark family secret, right. yes, yeah. that involved that was... the two boys and that the, wow. the twin covered that up. And in doing so, I, I believe it was pretty healing for the one who, who had the memories because he was able to create this fantasy of a good upbringing. But then when their mother dies, the uh, the twin who had the memory loss stumbles onto some things and is like, did something bad happen to us? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then it all and, and then and I did relate. I do relate to this like goes on this deep, becomes obsessed with finding out the truth of what really happened. Right. And yeah. then I haven't seen it. I've only read about it. That sounds That's yeah, how I would you. be, though. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. I get very obsessed with, like, I need to know the truth of something. It's but that, I can't watch it. <laughs> it's a narrative kind of uh, idea that, we've, that we were talking about kind of resonating, especially recently where... Um, and obviously this is a documentary and I was talking about it in the context of like more fictional movies like Memento where people are intentionally like trying to avoid reality. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, this seems like one of the, one of those sort of trying to avoid the reality of of one's own memories that I think we're seeing a lot of in popular culture. Uh, obviously, we see a lot of it in the news with. Trump supporters and Alex Jones people and shit like that. But right. Um, I mean, I think there's this question of what is the value of living in reality if reality is upsetting and disturbing? Yeah, I think the Matrix is probably the more central uh, idea is or the more central text for like that choice between do I want to wake up to a reality, even if that reality is less pleasant than mm. just living in the lie. Right. And all the, the followers of Q who've been red-pilled to the max man, if right. I have those pill colors right, they, uh, of course, believe that the rest of us are choosing to stay asleep to the reality that right. they're aware of. Right. It's and the... that is crazy. And now they're that having whole... a reckoning, too. Right. Yes. They're so having, like, they're realizing I... they There was were... a post legitimately on, like, can I blue pill back? <laughs> But they, How do you do it? I think what they're discovering is that they w they did choose the blue pill, like like with everything with 
the Trump administration, they have chosen the to use like the antonym, uh, like the exact opposite of the truth. And, you know, or with, with Trump, a lot of times it comes in the form of accusing the other side of what they're doing. And sure. with, with the red pill people, when they took the blue pill that told them like, this is your reality uh, is that you are the hero and everybody else is against you. And there's a vast conspiracy uh, trying to hold you down and not like, that you are very privileged compared to a lot of the people around you, uh, that they they decided to call that red pilling when it's the exact opposite of that. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully there's a way back for people because it seems like I'm I'm actually surprised after looking more and more like on these forums and things that they're. Way they're the group of people who are into the conspiracy theory who are like legitimately trying to be like guys i'm pretty we've been had yeah and we actually need to start dealing with that because like there was a one where this the dad wrote he's like i've fully just you know uh scuttled my relationships to my kids in the pursuit of what i thought was the truth and he's like i have a lot to do because i'm realizing i've really massively cut down like i don't know what my future is because in search of this conspiracy theory i've let my family go and now yep. I realize that this is empty. I actually need to make amends to have my family as part of my life because that's truly what matters right now. And we've been. Ha- so, I mean, there's all kinds, but it's interesting when you see that sort of being expressed. You're like, shit, man. Yeah. People <sighs> need to adapt the 12 step program for uh, QAnon. I think people coming yes. out of the Q thing. I also think that it's probably a sampling error a little bit in the sense that people who have chosen to just double down and bury their head in the Q version of things. There's really not a way to express that in language that that doesn't sound just completely on its surface, inherently contradictory. And so the only people we're hearing from are the ones who have reconciled the fact that they were living a lie. Yeah. Because then there's arguments that split the lie. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But, you know, so central, I think, to a lot of this Q stuff is this idea that they've discovered that children are being abused all and it goes up to the, the highest you know levels in the land. And and I know that that's the thing. Like I'll see um, uh, friends of friends who are mothers who are not conspiracy theorists, as far as I know, start posting stuff on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're getting sucked into it. Stuff about traffic. I mean, yes, of course, trafficking of kids and people exist, but I can just tell like these are Q memes that you are un right, you're not aware in. that you're reposting this stuff. And it's like are the ones who are sort of waking up to having been had, are they realizing that all of that stuff was not true probably in the way not. they thought it was? No, I think cuz that's probably an an interesting entry point because it's real and there's enough on in the real world to indicate right. that there's validity to those claims, like of powerful people who abuse right. children. It's like just that's... not the ones that they think it is. Right. It's when they go into this other thing of like this, you know, emergency broadcast system and how the like tribunals were going to occur on the right. news. And that's how Trump will stay in office. It's like a lot of, I think those are the things that became like the loudest parts about QAnon and things mm-hmm. like that over the last few months. And I think those are the elements that are, like now they're realizing, like, holy shit! Like I was really into that part, but fuck, right. none of it happened. Yeah. I mean, it's isolating that mothering or parenting instinct of like caring for 
your child. And I mean, it's the same thing as the anti-vaxxer thing. It's like they figured out a way to, uh, and didn't figure it out. It's just almost like an evolutionary natural selection thing where this thing that preys on that very specific kind of universal feeling and kind of removes it from context. Like it's basically like parent caring for your child porn where it's like removed and just like sort of made very uh front and center and kind of cheapened so that that's like you're just like playing on that emotion completely out of context in a way that's manipulated yes yes all right let's take a quick break we we used up a lot of the top talking about blippy uh (laughs) shitting on his friend's ass Uh, important though it was this is very important stuff (laughs) <laughs> it is just so the perfect stupid. it's perfect log like line for <laughs> it's written like that in the yeah. article <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> i didn't realize it was his friend's ass i, thought I didn't it was either his friend's chest like hot carl style but this is yeah. different no yeah. i mean shout out like he took it or the neil in the leftovers huh right and that is that is what makes blippy Blippy is he's will always willing to take do that extra little spin to make it just that much more. You <laughs> know, he's a, he's a disruptor. When you think of he disrupted the the diarrhea shit industry. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> His nude friend's ass. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Why is it written like that? And we're back. And uh, Allison, as you know, we like to ask our guests, what is something you think is underrated? Underrated? Uh, I think locks on doors are underrated, at least in my own personal life. Um, Mm. All my years on this earth, the only locks I have really utilized are the ones to my front door and any entry from the outside into my house. I'll lock those doors. I'll lock my car doors, stuff like that. Um, However, I've never felt I've never needed to lock the inside uh, bedroom door or bathroom door or all that stuff. But now that I am, I've always been working from home. The difference is now my, everyone else in the house, but especially my kids are home 100% of the time. And I find myself, if I'm like in a room with my computer, just very recently I've started locking the door because otherwise I will get a two-year-old who comes in and then wants to sit on my lap and then pulls my hand off the keyboard so he can hit the keyboard. And yeah. I feel like a kind of like a monster locking him out. Uh, there's someone on the other side watching him. It's not like I'm locking <laughs> him out. <laughs> I'm not locked him out alone. Uh, locked him I, in I, yeah. that uh, closet. You I know, said, I'll see, you at, I'll see you at seven. I'll see you at seven. <laughs> right. Ask your brother who's three if you need help. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the it's the only way I can get any work done. Yeah, so, boundaries are very yeah. very important in this new at home life for it's sure. Hard, it's hard. Like I, you know, I have a two year old who keeps me up some nights where I only get a couple hours of sleep, and I will, you know, need to take a nap in the middle mm-hmm. of the day. Uh, and in those ca- in those instances, I've noticed that. I can't sleep unless 
the door is locked because I right. know they're going to come in. <laughs> oh, like, like the potential yeah, is there. Yeah, right? the and you're in your head there. about like when's yeah. the opening. It's right, just like right. a mental block or, or a mental boundary that I need. Um, right. My older one, who is now a little, he's almost four. He's a little more reasonable, and that's in quotes. But he, <laughs> if he tries to get in and the door is locked, he would throw a fit. I mean, it would. I would not be able to sleep through that. But Owen, who's he's almost two, and he's the one I've mostly been utilizing the lock against. Um, <laughs> he just kind of tries it and then just toddles off. Right. Right. Yeah. He, do- he doesn't take it personally. He's like yeah. water. He's like if he, if he can flow into there, <laughs> yes. he will. If not, he's right. like, then I'll keep Path it. Path of least resistance. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? This, and I think this is probably relatable to most people. I think chartering a yacht is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, I mean, because the help you get on those things is not always as good as you expect it to no, be. No, it's re- it is really fallen like off a cliff. I'd have to say. Um, <laughs> full disclosure: I've never chartered a yacht. I don't even think I've been on a yacht. But I've recently become pretty into below deck mm-hmm. and i'm starting at the beginning it reminds me of early road rules early real world um do you guys watch this show do you know the premise oh i'm very familiar with okay below deck. yes so it's a bravo reality show um it concerns the crew of a, a yacht and these guests will charter the yacht for like usually i think it's three days at a time it's upwards of a hundred thousand dollars and every time i watch i just think if i had the money to throw that away on a vacation, I don't understand why you'd want to go on a yacht. Like, why would you not just go to a super nice hotel if you're going to be spending an exorbitant amount of money? Because the yacht, I don't know, it just it just seems like a cramped hotel that will make you seasick. Yeah, it's I th- it's like one of those weird things that's a class or status indicator slash mm-hmm. symbol that people are just really focused on without thinking like, do I want that? More right. than like being like, oh, I got yacht money. Uh, do I get seasick violently? But <laughs> right. I'm you, you. You got me fucked up if you don't think I'm gonna take selfies on this boat. Because yeah, I feel the same way. I watch yeah. and I'm like, fuck. If I had a hundred thousand dollars, like I feel like I would take like seventy people to a Laker game or some shit and just go fucking like just do some wild shit like yeah. that and be like, okay, three people and we're everything's like so white and bleached. Like I'm worried I'm gonna stain everything. It. Right, it seems like three kind of uncomfortable days. And in the case of the show, three uncomfortable days where then people are going to make fun of you and portray you in the worst light. But that's a separate (laughs) discussion. But just the three sort of, like there's a jacuzzi. The food looks pretty good. It's But other than that, like the accommodations don't look particularly comfortable. I don't, I just don't get it, but I'm not really a... You can take it. I think the only thing is you could you could jump off the side or take a slide off the side of a big boat into the sea or ride a jet ski. But like you could do that in like what the fuck? Are they are they catching fresh seafood like from the side off? No, no. Yeah, there's no like they have purveyors that bring it on. Wow. Or you Um, see them shopping at a grocery store on in the British Virgin Islands, which. When I saw that, I was like, my God, grocery stores really do look the same wherever you are. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, super producer Anna Hosnier, for anybody who does watch Deckheads, uh, just joined us. She is the host of a show that has recapped, uh, I believe, every single episode of Deckheads up to this season. Uh, oh, my God. Or, uh, I didn't below know Deck this. up to this season called yeah. Deckheads. Uh, it is a classic, great podcast. 
um, people need to check out. And right now, this you're not caught right this season. Right now, there's the chef is a fucking mess, Allison. No, I'm just you. I just finished season two, and I'm Got on it. the reunion of season two. I I can't wait. Maybe you're I should jump way. ahead. You're on your yeah. way. And by the way, for for me saying super producer Anna Hosni had just joined us. Uh, for anybody who's waiting for her to chime in, I just mean she just joined the Zoom, but she's not on. She's not on the on the record. What an Anna tease! Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry about the Anna tease, everyone. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk about uh, what's happening in the country in Washington D.C. Trump is gone, uh, but the you know the remnants, the damage uh, is still. Uh, there in in a big way, uh, so there's a lot of a lot of reversing to do, right? Dude, so so much. I mean, there's things he was doing on the last day, being like, uh, you can discriminate against a you know same sex couple if they're trying to adopt, or like just smoke yeah. bombing this bullshit on the way out. So yeah, in comes Joe Biden. He's like, what the fuck is going on in here? I mean, we I, we don't have this in the doc, but one of the first things that I was reading was about how they're like. Um, they didn't have any kind of vaccine rollout plan at all. Like not even like right. a, a bullet on a, like a word document that said vaccine <laughs> rollout. It was just like, they're like, what the, f okay. Um, so yeah, there's a ton to reverse. And, you know, uh, first off, I just want to talk about some of the firings that happened because there were holdovers from the Trump administration who, like, didn't see what time it was. And were like, I'm not going anywhere, even though I'm doing a terrible fucking job in the place I'm at. First one is this guy, Michael Pack, who is running the U.S. Agency for Global Media, which basically, like, they oversee the Voice of America. Like, it's like right. a, a congressionally taxpayer funded, um, like, sort of, you know, broadcasting company. And this guy just turned it obviously into a pro-Trump propaganda wing where like if you didn't like follow his rule book on like the propaganda shit, like it better be good coverage of the president. If it goes negative, you're out of here. And, right. you know, completely perverted that. So that guy's gone. Another one is I mean, Kathleen... it's Voice of America. Voice of America is kind of pro-American imperialist propaganda, right? But yeah, it's I not, mean, it's it not, doesn't it's get into like, political divisions. No, it ain't democracy now or anything. Like that. <laughs> it's fucking. I mean, it's 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 not going to get too spicy, but it's also not going to be like we love the president. And here's his Dear how leader. sick his golf swing is. Our yeah, Trump just hit another hole in one that makes yeah. eighteen on the day. Do you know anyone who's ever listened to it? Because I had never even heard of it, but in college, one of my professors had a, I think he had a segment on it, and that's when I first heard of it, and then I hadn't thought of it again until, I think, today. But I don't even know where you listen to it. It's not piped into our homes like North Korea. No. It's just like, I, I know they have, there's digital presence, TV, radio, but you definitely but I think it's for need other to be looking countries, for it. right? It's oh. specifically designed to spread the gospel of America to other countries for the that most part, right? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's mostly for, like, it's abroad where you'll see it more than right, here. Right. Like, you got to look for it here. Otherwise, it's out there. Um, this other woman is Kathleen Craninger, who was running the uh, CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, that was doing fantastic work. Uh, you know, Elizabeth <laughs> Warren had a lot to do with that and being like, um, you may need to like set something up to make sure people aren't being predatory as fuck. And, you know, she gets in there and then the Trump administration completely just destroys it. Uh, she yeah. scrapped like rules that restricted predatory payday lending, like from lenders from going after like um, veterans. And she also during the pandemic 
changed, like made a rule change that let debt collectors just harass people with unlimited texts and calls and emails about like, when are you paying us? So that person is out there. But the funny thing was there was this rule built in the, the uh, uh, CFPB that said the, the person running it could not be fired by a president. And it like went all the way to the Supreme court and they were like, they're like, nah, that, that actually shouldn't be the case. And she herself supported it. She's like, no, no. Yeah. There shouldn't be protections for this, for this role, because obviously that was done to like, keep someone like Trump from interfering. So she's like, right. it's fine. And we've come back around, and that's why you are now able to be fired by Joe Biden, Miss. So thank Bye. you for that. Uh, then the other one is just the guy who is running the National Labor Relations Board, like you know the people who enforce laws with like <laughs> unions and workers, like their the ability to, to have collective bargaining. What's a what's or a to union? unionize? What what's that? Uh, it's that thing everyone says in media is going to be real bad for you if you try it. Oh right, don't right. do union. it. Oh, those are those <laughs> are yeah. scary. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, what are you going to do? Fucking uh, create boundaries for a more humane payment and treatment? <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want yeah. that. You don't want like, that. You know when you assholes. work in a job how if someone inflates a rat outside your place of business, it means you're doing a great job? <laughs> These are the people <laughs> who right. are like trying to get rid of the rats. We got five rats. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. yeah. Five rats five out of five. approved. <laughs> five rats up. Um, so, yeah, this guy, again, he was the most like epically anti-union goon you've ever seen. He tried to limit like employee free speech. Like was like, hey man, if managers want to steal wages, go off kings and queens, do what you got to do. <laughs> and he also tried to basically seize total control of this uh, agency by demoting all of like the regional directors so he could consolidate his own power, which would have completely fucked any kind of like labor moves. Um, so thank God that happened. That was just, that was just some people. Okay. That Biden had to fucking just shoo out. Uh, not to mention like all of the policies that were signed, um, on Wednesday as well. Can we just take a quick look at, because I mean, the, all those policies are pretty in line with what we've come to expect from the Republican party. Like Trump, you know, n not necessarily the not having a vaccine rollout plan at all, but like all the people who are fired like that is it's the deregulation thing. It's the, you know, let big business do their thing. Uh, don't don't hem them in with uh, rules requiring them to be humane to mm -hmm. uh, to Americans. Uh, I just want to like now we have another piece of evidence like i i thought the evidence was already fairly overwhelming uh from the past you know recent history of the place that republican administrations leave the country um we just i it just seems like can we can we all agree that the republican they party are are a disaster when they get the presidency uh we have george hw bush uh who lost after a single term uh, George W. Bush, who ended with historically low popularity and a financial crisis, that was the direct result of the stuff we were just talking about. Biden having to undo don't forget the, the surplus he had that right, turned into came a in with a surplus upside down deficit. Yeah, uh, and they started unnecessary wars that resulted in millions of deaths, uh, and you know, just war path on deregulation uh, that led to a financial crisis that we're still 
uh, feeling the effects of and will but to be, be fair. For... You can kind of tie that back to Bill Clinton because he basically deregulated the fuck out of Wall Street to right. allow this. I mean, that's look, it, that's why we're, that's why we're always looking at versions of the same thing. But like, at least Democrats would be like, look, on paper, you want to at least get this shit right. You don't want to be like, hey, we made right. money and we're the fuck it just out feels here. like in but, a sane world. Uh, we should all agree that it's not a thing where it's like, well, you know, we got to go both sides and like the Republicans restore balance. At this point, the Republicans are a, you know, insurgent party that is trying to tear down the American government. The Democrats should be like a center right party. And then we need a, uh, you know, the Republicans should become an irrelevant right wing extreme and then there should be a insurgent left that takes more and more power as the generations move on and people who actually give a shit about human uh, rights become the the majority like that well, yeah, they're in an out. ideal we'll world uh, <laughs> that, think, that's where we're headed do you think that'll really happen like people make the point that that you're you're making all the time that like the de- the democrat Democratic Party right now in Europe would be considered right. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And it seems like that there there's just a lot of uh cognitive fog in the country, uh mm-hmm. to to borrow a phrase from uh the <laughs> symptoms of COVID nineteen. Just like a lot of <laughs> a lot of brain fog that we're we're trying to get through. But yeah. in a in a world where people are like, I just don't know what the argument is anymore, like, or how there's anyone intellectually arguing for uh, Republican uh, rule th- who isn't actively being paid by uh, the Koch brothers or some libertarian who is just trying to put their thumb on the scale. Yeah, I think Democrats also need to do the thing now where, like, we just have red lines. Like, you know, I... The speaker was like, okay, we got, we'll try and find bipartisanship where we can. Like, and I, okay, yeah, where you can. Here are places where you cannot find bipartisanship and should not look for it. Anything to do with human rights uh, or the treatment of people at all. Right. There's no, there's no argument on like what is humane treatment of a person. Like, so I don't think, I think you can only find it in certain things like funding the military Mm. or, other shit like that, maybe you can find it. But like to to give people like an inch on like, well, how much funding do you want to give to, you know, to giving like a uh, an honest, clear eyed assessment of systemic racism within law enforcement? You know, like right. you can't find bite like there's no point there because it's just going to weaken like that sort of the pursuit of whatever you, you're going after. So I, I hope that they can start being like sort of describing what the take is from the people across the aisle. Like they just don't want anyone to have health care. Like it's not about right. the choice. Let's just stop. Like y'all, you know, the, the, the mendacity uh, and how, you know, mendacious and spurious the shit that is coming out of these people now. Like it, it can't just be like, well, what do they mean by that? It should be like, y'all, y'all are trash. You're lying. Uh, and come back with some, something that is of substance rather than some talking point from an industry to defend their profits. Cause that's all it is. Um, but yes, let's just quickly go down some of the things Joe Biden, Joe Biden did uh, Wednesday. He got in there. He started signing shit. First one up. Um, let's see here. A hundred days masking challenge. That's not something on TikTok, TikTok <laughs> but it's uh, basically saying nationwide face mask and social distancing mandate in federal buildings. 
Great. I like that. What else? Uh, restructure the federal government coordination to the COVID-19 pandemic. Fantastic. Rejoin the World Health Organization. Low bar, but I love it. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Extend <laughs> eviction and foreclosure more. is only on federal buildings. Yes, that's what wild. I was going to say. Like, Go farther. <laughs> right. I guess that's hey, the only place he has specific jurisdiction. But uh, fuck, man. Let's As see. President, I feel like, well, maybe you're right. I feel like he's got more jurisdiction. I mean, yeah. he should. Yeah, it, it seems like he should just be like fucking everywhere. Right. Okay. As opposed uh, to like, in my house, I have a rule. You have to wear a mask. Right. Yeah. Come on, uh, he's also he's got Susan Rice as the incoming domestic policy advisor. So she will be looking at reviewing equity in their programs like across the federal government and how money is going to certain communities and maybe not going to others. So that's something good. That's uh, that's a start, uh, you know, counting non-citizens in the census again. Um, which isn't a new thing, just like <laughs> returning that uh, back to like get an accurate count of who our neighbors are and people who uh, live in the country. Strengthening more workplace discrimination protections because, you know, Trump went way loose with that. Defending dreamers, ending the Muslim ban. There's a lot that he had to do just being like, oh my God, this is just to get back to fucking negative one, not even yes. zero, just to get to like negative one. We were because we were at negative three million. Um, and then. The thing that got a fucking, you know, stupid Ted Cruz talking, aside from ending the Keystone XL pipeline um, and revoking other gas and pipe or gas and oil developments, he also uh, said he's going to rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement. Ooh, and you're like, oh, communism. Wow. Well, this is the thing. This fucking guy. So Ted Cruz, when that came out about rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, we all know that the Paris Climate Agreement has nothing to do with the air quality or number of days of sun we all want for the city of Paris in France. That's right. just the place where the people gathered to come together as a global community and figure out what the fuck do we do before we have maybe have already passed the point of no return of cooking this thing. And Ted Cruz uh. tweets... I'm By rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, President Biden indicates he's more interested in the views of the citizens of Paris than in the jobs of the citizens of Pittsburgh. This agreement will do little to affect the climate and will harm the livelihoods of Americans. Seth Rogen aptly replied, fuck off. <laughs> um, you white supremacist fascist. And then uh, which I feel like is, you know, a very appropriate thing to say to Ted Cruz. Um like when he says anything out loud, unless it's something like I'm retiring forever and will now begin to live the rest of my days in a doomsday bunker underground. Why did so, he choose Pittsburgh in particular? Pittsburgh was already P, P name. But but mm. Pittsburgh was already like the mayor of Pittsburgh was like, we're not changing from the Paris Climate Accord. Yeah, not to mention like all of the, you know, reversing the election shit was hinging on like Pennsylvania as it's like, what the fuck do you care about anyone in Pennsylvania? You were trying to take all their votes away, too. Is I mean, Ted Cruz, and this is a question I have for so many people, is Ted Cruz really that dumb? No, no, or, no, okay. no, 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 no. And we, I think we actually have to stop even like going down that route or like even, the right. jokes about it being like, oh, my God, at this rate, he thinks blah, blah, blah. like he doesn't this is. Shit. It's it's very, this very is will because this is the thing he knows that the his followers will eat that shit up because they're yeah. not going to do the critical thinking past that they're like oh right a thing to say whatever that is is bad he knows damn well has nothing to do with Paris he's not that fucking stupid and I think that's why it's like 
no, you're a fucking liar. And you're just you're just trying to play everybody because you think you're just smarter than some of the people that vote for you that you can get away with a take like this to get art, you know, the tweets and shit. is a thing that I don't think Democrats do be willfully deceitful to wind up the base. Uh, I don't think that I, but but it seems well, you do, do you think they do, Jack? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think they do. I mean, I think, I think they get caught into like they get yeah. caught into fear mongering shit that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's different levels. I think they're I, less, bra- less brazen, but I think the crews and like what you're seeing on Fox News post Trump uh, in the last 24 hours, 48 hours is bordering on like incoherence like that. I I feel like it's I mean, maybe this is just me having like because I'm trying to recalibrate miles. I think you put in our dock. It's like getting at coming out of a cave where you haven't seen sunlight and like now suddenly you're like trying to recalibrate to a world that does have uh, sunlight. And but but it seems like they're like the Fox News Hannity like had a big headline that was like 400 Joe Biden presidency day one, 400,000 deaths. Like it just seems extra incoherent. That Pittsburgh thing, he chose a city that was already like it might as well be called the Pittsburgh Climate Accord. Like they were already on board with that. It just seems like they're extra. Like the brazenness is now going to a point of just like logical incoherence. Yeah, because like not unfortunately, they sided with illogical takes and sentiments and philosophies like white supremacy and this idea that you know you you shouldn't extend humanity to every single person in this country when you're arguing on behalf of that the you you're eventually going to cook that shit down to the Mm -hmm. dumbest part like just like we were talking about with the trump's base like you you lead that shit just simmering it just turns into this goo that just looks like bullshit you're like at first you're like oh cool i don't know i don't know what's cooking and they're like oh it's all bullshit like this is all it's nonsense <laughs> it's all right. nonsense like the fact that it has nothing you won't even actually um meet us where we're trying to talk about this issue which is climate change like and rather than doing that you're just going to go to these really disingenuous fucking not like intellectually bankrupt arguments like well it got hotter today or it's colder now there's what's global warming it's like we're not talking literally but i understand because that's how you're trying to just you know divide people along these lines of being like well if they're not going to care about the nuance because they're so set and being like i'm team red then yeah you can get away with just saying that well we're like well great the world is still overheating Right. right. It's bad so, faith arguments. And what's going to happen? Just like you were talking all the shit about coronavirus and vaccines, your dumbass is probably going to be like, I can't wait to flee to my, you know, climate change resistant haven uh, while other people are like dealing with the fallout of my inaction. Like it'll, yeah. they always, when it's time, they're like, yep, nope, pivoted because now it helps me. I don't care. They're just fucking lizard brained people. And I think you'd, you'd hope to just like, we don't like, I feel like the other politicians don't need to extend them any respect or anything anymore because they're actively they're just they're here in such bad faith now. And it's just getting worse and worse. He's going to take a cruise cruise on the Ted Cruz yacht and just, uh, <laughs> you know, he escape. Well, what does he need uh, to stop climate change for? He's going to he's going to be doing all right. 
Right. Um, I mean, by that like logic, it's like Ted Cruz. Is he related to Cuban singer Celia Cruz? <laughs> so therefore, he is a communist. Yeah. It's like yeah, what? like literally, that's where where they seem to be at. Let's take a quick break, and I want to talk about just some of the reactions we're seeing across uh, social media and online from Trump supporters. And we're back. So just a couple, I thought, telling screen caps. Uh, Parler, uh, there are people on Parler, somebody screen capped uh, saying, uh, Trump is a deep left plant. Before running for office, he was a registered Democrat. He hung out in New York with the Clintons, not the Bushes, um, not the Reagans. After the 2016 election, eight longtime GOP Political operators, Stone Manafort, were convicted or pled guilty and went to jail. Why now all of a sudden and all together? Uh, sure, Trump pardoned them, but not until after they all went to jail. Uh, these guys stormed the Capitol, were invited to D.C. by Trump. They went to the Capitol like he told them. He even said he would go with them and then didn't. They tried to be good soldiers, and they are all ending up in jail and marked terrorists. Trump even denounced what they did afterwards. Since Trump has been the leader of the GOP, the GOP has lost control of Congress, the Senate, and the White House. The party is shattered. If a significant portion of the GOP continues to support Trump, the left will run rampant in 2022. Uh, he's always wanted to be an actor. WWE, Home Alone, The Apprentice. This was his role of a lifetime. I'm royally pissed. I can't believe the left would pull such a thing. It's the left. Uh, they're stealing our government right out from under our noses. It all makes sense to me now. So it's secretly Trump was secretly the left. Uh, which These is are all new... people who have never had the realization that their parents weren't shit. <laughs> I <laughs> really I mean? think that's yes. A, they're yes. so they're st so skilled at coming up with bullshit to allow them to see the world the way that feels best to them. Yeah, like whereas Democrats bad. So if Donald Trump did this, oh then. Here we go, brain. Pretzel up, Auntie Anne, and throw <laughs> yeah, the Parmesan yeah. on because <laughs> now he's a deep left plant. Like, it, it's never that. Let me just switch my focus to my side yep. and look at let me go through the material I have to to do investigating on my side, because it's clear there are people who have the ability to do that and are able to be critical. Like, they're not so tribal that they're like, nope, we are infallible and the purest people. It, that it it goes this far, uh, yeah. And it's <laughs> sure, okay. Um, hell of a plant, completely fucked shit up uh, for everybody. But yeah. now people but, who haven't realized that Trump was a left plant and are still trying to figure out what just happened to them. Uh, I just wanted to read from uh, the Donald dot win. Uh, okay, where did we go wrong? Is the headline? So Biden is president. I actually thought that Trump had a chance until the end. Let us analyze what made us think Biden somehow wouldn't win in the end. And I think by until the end, they mean like right when he was sworn in on the Bible and Trump. When lost he said, the so help code. me, God. Yeah. They were like, ah, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Did not They're see like, that oh, coming. Shit, dude. I bet it's about to. So help me. Uh, so number one thing they can't explain. What did Trump mean with the best is yet to come? Question mark. Trump is not the nothing burger type. Two. Why was Flynn so sure, 10 out of 10, that Trump would get four more years? Question mark. Three, I feel 100% certain that there was a massive voter fraud, 
But could I be wrong? I think it's crystal clear, but maybe I just got sucked into a brainwashed cult. Question mark. Uh, four. Tr- Trump, Pompeo, Lynn, Pal, Flynn, that watermark guy at Alex Jones. They all seem so confident. Why? Did they just act? Or were they confident? If so, why? Five. If all this is just a big frickin' LARP and nothing burger, I have just witnessed a massive brainwashed cult in real time, and I was part of it. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Six. Why act so confident if you can't back it up? You will just look like a fool. Lynn looks like a fool now. Flynn also. Why not play it safe? Why all the hopium? Uh, so Hopium. Yep. That and now is... That copium. <laughs> exactly. That... That's just interesting to like watch somebody go through that mental process. It is a it is a question that, you know, what if you weren't paying attention to how Trump has behaved throughout his entire career long before he uh tried his hand at being president, uh he is always making decisions, making claims that suggest he thinks that tomorrow doesn't exist and then finds ways through sheer privilege uh, and bullying to just fend off the consequences until he can get another good break. Uh, But that has been a pattern over and over and over again. Um, And it just seems like, I don't know, that there was just too much. Why would they do that? Why (laughs) would... But why would why? my why would my dad cheat on my mom? Why would that happen? I don't know. Maybe something else. Like it's like there's never this thing to actually then investigate. Well, is it possible, right? right. Because you're unwilling to examine why like that maybe this ecosystem is like the one you have accurately described even on the left on how media works, how people can perpetrate certain takes just to get more followers, more impressions, more hits, more likes. And it's there's a way to make money off of that, of getting momentum going with an audience. Is it possible that's that's the exact same thing they were doing, too? It's like it is so close to just fucking looking at your situation and being like, right, greed exists everywhere, everywhere. And I'm also fell prey to it because I'm not willing to be objective enough about like every like or not everything, but at least take a second to be like. Do I have to take this hook, line, and sinker? Yeah. In terms of the future of the Republican Party, I do think it's very important what what happens in the Senate in terms of Trump's ability to run again. Because I don't like I hear people. I was talking to a friend of mine who volunteered for Biden in Philly and is very like he thinks that the Republicans will excise Trump from the party with the idea that they've now learned the lesson of Trumpism that Republican supporters crave authoritarian rule and they'll just like replace Trump with someone who's not such a walking disaster like that. That would be the ideal thing for Mitch McConnell to believe right now so that he does go through with uh, removing like excising Trump from the party, which is, I think, what a lot of people on the left hope. Uh, I just or I guess in the a lot of liberals hope. Um, I, I think that I, I hope that that's what happens because I think like Tom Cotton isn't going to have the same appeal. I would love to see the Republicans be like, oh, well, Tom Cotton is our future. We'll just have him 
be racist and uh because like i i feel like they and a lot of people are underrating the singular the singularness of trump and like his appeal of just being a messy bitch who loves drama who like just loves to like he craves conflict loves to talk shit like that is so much of what it seems like his supporters were reacting to him just like talking shit about Colin Kaepernick and like NFL players kneeling like that is the thing that really that that you won't have with Tom Cotton and that I think a lot of the that like groundswell of support that even they didn't understand uh, was coming from. But that I the idea that it was singular gives me hopium. Um, because I think I am one of these people who is worried that we'll have four to eight years of relative progressivism and then this thing that has been like uncorked that we're now aware that half the country is racist and angry and uh hasn't studied history or at least wasn't haunted by history and is dest- determined to repeat it. Um, all of a sudden, we will have someone who who has the same politics of Trump, but is less adult. Like, and I've heard Tom Cotton mentioned. I've heard Josh Hawley mentioned, and, and I am concerned about that. I hope you're right, Jack. The ones I'm concerned about are Tucker Carlson and Ivanka yeah. Trump. Those are the two yeah. who I think have a chance. But I do think if they're if they do like fully rebuke Trump, that would be a good thing for the future of the country. I, so I'm hoping I just don't, I don't trust Mitch McConnell to do that because I think Mm-mm. tactically it doesn't make sense from the pure Machiavellian power monger perspective that he seems to view literally everything. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's also too, like that appeals to people who don't understand how anything works. You know right. what I mean? So rather than hearing about like, Here's the way we're going to make insulin cheaper um, or saying insulin's expensive, huh? You just do this thing like everyone's so corrupt, huh? Right. What right. the fuck? And they're like, yeah, because that's where I'm at in my level of discourse. So, you know, like it's it's just there's varying degrees of like what people get pulled into, because I think there that's why there were people who just were suddenly got interested in politics because it was just someone was just talking about it in a way that like seemed more accessible to them. Uh, right. And then also like with their, you know, grievances, they're like, oh, OK, the lots aligning here. But yeah, it, 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 there is something to like that ability that just brought in a ton more people who just like sort of felt a certain way. Well, uh, he was we'll an see. entertaining figure. Once he was in office, I was no longer entertained by him. But I mean, back when he was a TV star, he was people did want to watch him. Entertaining mm. shitbag. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, he was like a cartoon villain or a uh, poor person's idea of what a rich person is or like what mm. they would do. I think there's a John Mulaney joke about that. Yes. And it, speaking of John Mulaney jokes, they, it was recently revealed that the Secret Service was looking into him for uh, comparing oh, right. Trump to Julius Caesar in an SNL monologue. So that's that's what they were worrying about while uh, a <laughs> we were on the war path or on the path towards uh, a 9-11's worth of people dying every day uh, from COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels like an important endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
Melanie's scary. Melanie's scary, man. I don't know why y'all are laughing. Maybe he did. I'm not going to really... say shit. Maybe he didn't really go to rehab. Has anyone seen him lately? Right. Uh oh. See. I mean, that's got to be stressful. Like, I actually know comedians who have been approached and kind of hassled by the Secret Service, and it's very stressful. Even so, that was during Obama. That was Obama. Yeah, that yeah. was Obama's Secret Service. Yeah. And like, they fucked with my friend very, very heavy. Uh, some people might know who I'm talking about, but I'm not. I'm just not going to bring it up. But um, when for something that couldn't be more of obviously a, like literally a comedy, right? Like you know what I mean? And still like, okay, what do you? Oh, you think? Oh, that's funny, huh? Yeah. Now we're and he's still fucking, yeah. every time it's like a a joke because every time he f- flies on a plane, there's like some bullshit that he gets hassled by the TSA. Uh, and if you know who we're talking about, like just the least, again, like a Mulaney-esque in terms of uh, uh, how funny he is, but also threat levels, like how scared you are of this dude. Anyways, uh, Allison, it's always so nice having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. I love coming on this show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, we love having you. Where can uh, people find you, hear you, follow you? Oh, please follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm on Patreon. I'm on Cameo. Um, and my shows are Allison Rosen is your new best friend that comes out Monday and Thursday and Childish, which comes out every other Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. Virginia Soul Smith tweeted, my children are currently fighting over an invisible bike that the seven-year-old won't share. I pointed out to the three-year-old that she could just ride her own invisible bike, and she lay down and sobbed, but I only want hers. We're done with this week now, yes? <laughs> Yo, that is so, that that just resonates so much. That yes. is a fight that I think I've witnessed in the past 48 hours. I feel like, yeah, I would always turn into like some Adam Sand like Adam Sandler and Big Daddy, where he suddenly is a, a parent and the kid's yeah. like crying. He's like, All right. Here, <laughs> like, yeah, here's an imaginary bike. Here's right. there's the one. It's the one. Right. That's the invisible Um Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet? Oh boy, Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray, and then uh, four twenty day fiance. Hit up uh, the Twitch uh, on Friday. That's today. Uh, Twitch.tv slash four twenty day fiance. We'll be there around four twenty. <laughs> you know, doing our thing. Uh, some tweets that I like. This one is the first one is from at Rax King is dead. Uh, the tweet is science should invent a kind of bear who is little and lives in my house, and I can play with him. <laughs> and I agree with that. I would love, uh, yeah, I love that. Um, another another tweet uh, is <laughs> from at disrupt the human. Uh, at disrupt the human tweeted, uh, "quote Let people enjoy things." End quote. Okay, I enjoy critical analysis and being a hater. So that, <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, and then this other one is from Thank at you. Virgo. This is just somebody just put in their own dialogue over the inauguration scene. So like when Michelle Obama's talking to JLo and A-Rod, this comedian is just adding their own dialogue and it's just so fucking funny. I can't, I'm just going to retweet it. Check the video out because there's moments when like Bill Clinton comes in and there's like this shit talking. I'll, I'll, here, here's just a little bit of audio so you can understand what the vibe is. 
for damn bird on you. That is crazy. Is it dead? Jay love. I didn't know y'all was still together. Y'all still together. That is so good. Hey, did you see Gaga Bird? I saw that shit. It's so good. So that's like Michelle bumped it. So watch this video. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, good laughs. Good laughs. Couple tweets I've been enjoying. Marcel Arguello tweeted, cancel student loan debt in the word history. Uh, Rainy Gay tweeted, today is the only day you can tweet this and uh, used a screen cap from The Simpsons that says, as you know, it's Lisa as president. She says, as you know, we've inherited quite a budget crunch from President Trump, which was an actual thing that they mentioned in The Simpsons uh, as a joke, because obviously Trump could never be president. Um, and then uh, in relation to that, Nathan at Humanstein tweeted, The Simpsons didn't predict anything. We just haven't fixed any of America's problems <laughs> since 1989. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on Miles. What are we riding out on today? Um, Just to kind of pivot off that idea of we haven't learned anything or changed anything, uh, this is a track called Learn Your Lesson. Uh, and it's by Madison McFerrin, who's the daughter of Bobby McFerrin, uh, just a great vocal artist. She's dope. All of her shit is dope. They're her brother, too. The whole family's super talented. Uh, but this is a remix by Fote of Madison McFerrin's song, Learn Your Lesson. So it's got a little more of a beat to it, but her vocals are very soothing. And I feel like that's what we need, just learning our lessons into the weekend. Uh, all right. We are going to ride into the weekend. Upon that, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this Friday morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.